0: Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome in to the Leach Report. And a lot of football conversation on tap today. Freddie Maggard is going to join us. Freddie and I team up all throughout the football season on Mondays. But we're going to get Freddie on board on a Friday to talk about SEC Media Days, the uh, Texas and Oklahoma story, and the upcoming football season with fall camp getting ready to start within a couple of weeks, and uh, then we'll get the countdown to that opening game. Wildcat news of the day is going to get us started with nothing major that is new on the Oklahoma-Texas front. The Big 12 folks had a conference call last night. The Athletic uh, is reporting that uh, Texas and OU may declare soon their intention to leave the Big 12. But actually, leaving may take some time because the Big 12 TV deal goes through 2025. Some thought that there could be maybe some kind of settlement or, or buyout worked out. I did see a note here um, from, I think this was Mark Story that retweeted this columnist who covers the uh, Texas program for Texas programs for the Austin American Statesman. Prominent Big 12 source tells the American Statesman the Texas OU move to the SEC is almost done. They've been working on this for a minimum of six months, and the a and leadership was left out of discussions and wasn't told about it. Move could become official in a week. And if you remember, the story broke earlier this week out of the Houston Chronicle. It was a beat writer for uh, Texas a and So... And what it looks like happened is the NM folks uh, finally got word of it, and so they got it leaked out there probably to try to derail it. And uh, it looks like, as Paul Feinbaum, I think we mentioned yesterday, uh, Paul said that he thought this was pretty far down the tracks, and uh, more reports indicating that that looks to be an accurate assessment. So it sounds like you should get ready for Oklahoma and Texas to likely join the Southeastern Conference sooner rather than later would be my guess. Uh, I doubt it will have to wait till uh, 2025, um, but uh, we'll see how long it does take. And Kentucky last played Oklahoma in the early 80s. They did it a home-and-home. Home. I remember, uh, I think, uh, maybe it was the UK TV network uh, KYT WKYT at the time did a uh, pay per view of a game from Norman, Oklahoma, uh, and I think it may have been early in Coach Claiborne's tenure if memory serves, or could have been the end of Coach Curseys. I have to look that up. And then uh, the Sooners did come here, and then I think you have to go back into the probably the fifties with uh, the last time Kentucky and Texas played in football. At the ACC media days, uh, Dallas Sweeney said that they should shorten the regular season if they expand the college football playoff has expected from four to 12 teams. I doubt that would happen because that's finances for a lot of schools versus uh, a little, uh, an extra week for a few schools. But he did uh, suggest that yesterday, and I'm sure there'll be others that will uh, ring that bell, but I, uh, I can't see that happening. A high school basketball player, 2023's Mikey Williams, has signed a deal that is said to have the potential to generate millions of dollars. And the deal with him is that he has social media followers in excess of $5 on a variety of platforms. And the two young ladies from Fresno State, the basketball players, who signed a uh, big deal with Inc. Boost Mobile, right as as the name, image, and likeness legislation or uh, policies came through, they got a really big deal. I think there's going to be, as we speculated, a a few uh, athletes that have big social media presence, uh, presences that can get uh, some significant money. I don't think that will be widespread. Olympics are gearing up in uh, Tokyo. They uh, had the opening ceremonies this morning. And the, it's, Of course, it's uh, evening over there in uh, Tokyo, and there are 20 U.K. athletes competing. That is a school record for the University of Kentucky. And let's see, a couple other notes on basketball recruiting. Uh, Reed Shepard has picked up an offer from Virginia. A lot of people who follow this uh, are saying that uh, Virginia would uh, be Kentucky's main competition to land Shepard. And Kyle Filipowski reportedly is out of the peach jam after a positive COVID test. He's the big guy that uh, Cal reportedly offered earlier this week. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. A lot of college football and Kentucky football to talk about. We're going to do that with Freddie when We come right back. <music> Lexington location up and running for drinks and snacks. It's uh, Main Street at the corner of Main and Felix, right across from where they're doing all the Rupp Arena renovations. We'll be right back on the Leach Report Radio Network. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Quarter past the top of the hour. It's the Leach Report for a Friday. Go to the drinksword.com hotline and bring on our buddy, Freddie Maggard, who's gearing up for the start of the college football season. And we'll get to plenty of those topics, Freddie. But let me start with this. Are you a, an Olympics fan?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I am, Tom. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, watching uh, watching the Olympics. I, I fell in love with the Olympics when I was a kid because I was a big boxing fan. And that's when uh, you know Cuba had the great boxer in America. And, and that was my favorite sport. Uh, was was boxing, but yes, I'm a big fan of the Olympics.
0: I was. Uh, you don't see boxing much anymore. Uh, the coverage of it, but I was too. You had uh, um, Sugar Ray Leonard. I remember waking 76 uh, yeah. won the gold. Was a big, uh, uh, big uh, celeb. You know, you mentioned the boxer from Cuba. A buddy of mine um, has written a couple of books on uh, baseball. I've had him on the show before. He has an idea he's working on for a. One of those "what if this had happened" type of books. If Teofilo Stevenson from Cuba had fought Muhammad Ali,
1: right? Yeah, that's him. You know, I, he was he was a great boxer, and uh, yeah, that 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 was my favorite sport in the Olympics. And and I like the sprints as well. Uh, gymnastics always captivates, uh, you know, my interest because I I really enjoy that, and and I started to enjoy swimming too. you know, Yeah, uh, Pat Forty uh your buddy out of louisville rocks uh i think sports illustrated now his daughter's in the olympics i think that's a neat story so i'm looking forward to it
0: yeah you if you're covering games you know this you've covered enough games now you're not supposed to cheer when you're uh the working media (laughs) but i saw a story i think it was mike or mike de yesterday said uh it's to be okay for pat 40 to cheer in the press box on that one
1: (laughs) absolutely i mean that's got to be uh you know, for for Pat and his family to have his daughter in the Olympics, that's got to be you know special, and and that's a life. That's a culmination of a lifetime of work to get to the Olympics, especially in swimming because uh, it's so competitive. And to see that, you know, I got to meet her uh, at an event, and and Pat, uh, she won an award, and I was there uh, uh, at the presentation. So I'm happy for him, and I'm happy uh, yeah, for the Louisville area, and and looking forward to the Olympics. Absolutely.
0: You know, one other thing on the Olympics before we uh, get on to football, one of the most powerful, inspirational sports moments I've ever witnessed was in the came from the Olympics, and it was, I think, 92 in Barcelona. Tom Hammond was, was on the call, and it was the, I think, 400-meter race. And uh, a young man from Great Britain uh, pulled a hamstring on the backstretch and, you know, has to... Crumple, crumples and pain on the track and they you know, follow the coverage, you know, the cover of the, re- the end of the race, you know, the other half of it because it, this happened on the backstretch. And he's uh, starting to, you, you as the race finishes and they're you know, cameras following the, the runners who are, you know, kind of slowing down to a jog and then you hear this uh, crowd no- noise building and they cut to this guy who has gotten up and is hobbling his way to the finish line to finish his race, even though it's you know uh, you know well over and he can't win anything, but he's going to finish his race. And then as he comes around the final turn, you see somebody come out of the crowd, which I'm sure could never happen today. Um, somebody comes out of the crowd and runs to the uh, young man and puts his and has the young man drape his arm around him. And you find out later it's his dad who comes yeah, out of the stands. Oh.
1: Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it, you can it, find
0: it on YouTube you know, if you haven't seen it. It's just so moving.
1: Yeah, it is, and, and that's you know every time I watch that, I I, I cry. Yeah, to be honest with you. Because, I agree. You know, yeah, it's it's very emotional, and uh, it just shows the spirit of the Olympics, and uh, you know those athletes train their entire lives for ten seconds, you know, or in a sprint or however long their event lasts, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I tell you, I. I watched the NBA Finals this year. I watched the playoffs. Uh, first time in years, I watched the NBA, and, and it was a lot of fun, and, and I enjoyed that. And then uh, the All-Star Game, I enjoyed that as well. There's some exciting young stars in baseball. So it, I, I've watched more sports uh, this past year than I have in, in several, and, and I've enjoyed every bit of it.
0: Good. Well, let's talk some football, and before we get into Kentucky and your media days and some of the things that have gone on this week, uh, let me get your take on what looks like it's going to happen, Oklahoma and Texas coming into the Southeastern Conference.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like the the super conferences are going to happen. This this means the Big 12 will fold as we know it, which could have a domino effect on, on, on forming a few big conferences. But Oklahoma and Texas coming on over, Oklahoma is more – ready right now to compete in the SEC because Oklahoma is a more physical team right now than Texas. Uh, Texas uh, needs to toughen up a little bit before uh, they can start talking about competing in the SEC. And I think they have the right coach in, in Sarkeesian. I like him. I think he's an excellent coach, and I think he's going to lead that program. But, uh, you know, uh, for those in the media and then not in the media. Just sports fans say, well, that had never happened. That quote (laughs) is thrown out the window when you're talking about college football right now and the modern-day college football because, look, Tom, we've had so many drastic changes in college football just this year alone. The transfer portal has changed the game. Name, image, and likeness has changed the game. And now it appears that we're on the verge of forming super conferences with Oklahoma and Texas coming over to the SEC. So there is so much change going on in college football right now that in 2000, say, 25, it, it, we could be looking at maybe the super conferences form and don't need the NCAA anymore. I mean, there's so many changes that are coming. And and for the positive, I, I you know, I, I'm old school, but I'm new school because I like change because I think that is just the evolution of the sport and some things are happening that should have happened a long time ago, such as the players are being compensated now, have more power with the transfer portal. I like it. But as far as Oklahoma and Texas, the Sooners, I think, are ready to compete in the SEC. Texas, not so much. Uh, but A&M will dig their heels in the sand and they'll fight this to the very end, and so will Missouri. And possibly LSU, Tom, because LSU recruits heavily into Texas, not just football but baseball. LSU baseball is a powerful brand, and they also recruit into Texas. So it's going to be interesting how this plays out.
0: It kind of just shows you the uh, the power of the SEC brand and the power of you know the finances in, in college sports because yeah. uh, Texas, you know, for them for the sec schools to vote in favor of it they're obviously going to have to see a significant bump in money because you don't bring two more people in to split up the pie unless you can make the pie bigger and then it's all about
1: uh, supply and demand Every, yeah. everything in life is about supply and demand yes it is and, it's, and then it's about, uh, it's about basic economics
0: and then texas is you know basically they're they're the big dog in the big 12 and they're not going to be in the sec i mean you know all the other schools in the SEC will, you know, will, will laugh at them if they come in and try to uh, you know, push anybody around like they've probably been able to do in the Big 12 for a long time.
1: Well, Texas uh, very much is, is, is the, the driver of that conference, and not, not, not necessarily because it's the best team. Oklahoma has been the best team in the Big 12 for years now, uh, since Mack Brown left. And, and, but you know, Texas won't be able to that, – that's going to be the interesting reality call it's mm-hmm. for the, the Texas program and the Texas fans. Uh, you know, the, Texas is not going to be able to come into the SEC and dictate that you can't do the horn that, horn yeah. down, for example. I mean, <laughs> they're going to laugh at that in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> exactly. You know, they're going to laugh at that, uh, you know, in, in Gainesville, Florida and Lexington, Kentucky, because Texas, you know, in, in college athletics, you have the Roys. You know, I always talk about the Roys. You have your first team, second team, and the Roar, Rest of y'all. R-O-Y. Rest <laughs> of y'all is roy. Texas is a roy in the SEC right now. So get ready for some reality there, Longhorn fans.
0: 25 past the top of the hour. We'll uh, get into some SEC media days and Kentucky football with Freddie Maggard when we come right back. It is the Leach Report for a Friday. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. We're talking football with Freddie Maggard on this Friday and in addition to hearing him here, you can uh, read his work and see his work at KentuckySportsRadio.com. You guys are doing something fun with high school football too right now, right?
1: doing a lot with high school football, Tom. Uh, we're we're... We're glad to be partnering with Kroger, and we got some exciting things coming up in the future. The, the game of the week will continue, then something else that really can't talk about—it's going to be extremely exciting. Uh, but we have the Kroger hometown pickup tour, and, and we've we've gone around talking to the top players of 2022. Uh, yesterday, uh, I spent the day with Travion Longmire from Corbin High School, and that was a lot of fun. Fantastic young man, great kid. And, and the facilities at Corbin just blew my mind. The indoor practice facility was red turf. Uh, just uh, you know, they remind me of the, the Raiders of old, uh, with Al Davis saying commitment to excellence. And, and that's what uh, that program is. But yeah, I got to spend a day with Jackson Smith, the kicker, uh, at Bull County. Uh, Dane Key uh, from Frederick Douglass. Uh, Nick Roush and Adam Luckett talked to Keontae Goodwin. And they have another one coming out. And I spent the day with Travey on Longmire, and we, and we got some more coming up. So uh, that's exciting. We're trying to get to know the players, the community, and, and, and talk about how uh, the communities you know, are, are, are football-based and get to know the young men, the personalities, especially with name, image, and likeness and all that. And then talk about uh, just life other than football with these kids and how Kroger, how Kroger is a part of these communities.
0: So uh, look for that at, uh, at KSR and uh, the high school football seasons going to be gearing up here uh, before too long. Uh, before we get into anything else, we're coming up on the final minute of this first half hour. I'll just throw out a note here. You can comment on this that uh, legendary Florida State coach Bobby Bowden, unfortunately, uh, the news has come out. He has terminal pancreatic cancer. Never had a chance to meet him or interview him, but uh, yeah. just seemed like a just a first class guy. First class,
1: Tom. I got a chance to meet him once. You know, his son Tommy Bowden. Was the offensive coordinator under oh, right. Bill Curry my first year? Coach Bowden came up, and you talking about pressure, uh, throwing seven on seven, and having the legendary Bobby Bowden uh, watching us. You know, talking to his son, and I, I couldn't help but think to myself that Coach Bowden was thinking, "Man, my dude is way better than this guy that Tommy's got." So, uh, you know, it, <laughs> it was it was it was fun, and and you know, just an honor to meet him. And Tommy is a friend of mine and uh, just prayers and support for that family. Just a fantastic family, and 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 I love the Bowden family.
0: Amen to that. We'll be back with the second half of the show, and more with Freddie when we return. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. For the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio, it's the second half of the Leach Report for Friday, and we're chatting with Freddie Maggard about all things college football. Uh, Let's uh, get to the Wildcats and quarterback battle is going to be the hot topic of conversation. uh, Freddie, we'll talk about that in a minute, but move that to the side. What are the other areas you're most interested to see answered in a positive way before game one?
1: Well, there's so many, Tom. I think for me, replacing five draft choices off of defense is, is, is as important as the quarterback competition because that's a lot of production, uh, that, 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 uh, coach-wide Brad White's going to have to replace. But, you know, Kentucky did that after the 2018 season. You had to p- replace Josh Allen, uh, all those DBs, Mike Edwards, uh, Lonnie Johnson, et cetera. And actually finished higher, had a, had a statistically a better defense in 2019 than 2018. And I think that speaks to Kentucky being a player development program. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how the linebackers play, uh, that position group, especially with Jamin Davis departure and, and Jacquez Jones coming over from, from Ole Miss, see how he does. Uh, I'm interested to see DeAndre Square as a senior because I think he's, he's, He's uh, culminated his career to to, to this point. Uh, uh, you know the defensive line. You're going to have two new starters: uh, uh, Quentin Bohanna off to the Cowboys, Phil Hoskins to the Panthers. You know how's that going to play out? So uh, I go to the defense. I know everybody wants to talk offense, and I do too because it's going to be fascinating and, and new with Lee and Cohen's system. A new starting quarterback, Wandale Robinson, brings just so much excitement to that to that unit. But I, I got, I want to see how Brad White replaces those five starters on b shots.
0: I th- you know, they definitely want to be able to get more pressure on the passer this season. And, uh, yeah, I really exactly. am, uh, excited about what Josh Paschal may be able to do because, yeah. you know, he goes through the, the, uh, the year in which he, uh, rallied from the cancer diagnosis and then you know you uh, you lose a lot of time because of of that through the you know just the training regimen and then um and so i, I think it's probably going to be two years after that before you're back all the way and so that would be this year
1: exactly and the coaches were were very high on josh during spring practice and how that uh his game is, is at its highest point it's 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 pinnacle, you know, as his senior season comes up. And, uh, uh, yeah, you can expect Josh Paschal to have a big season. And his production in sacks and quarterback pressures, quarterback hurries uh, will go up, in my opinion. I think he, he is poised to, to have a solid senior campaign. But from that organic 3-4 defensive end position, you know, the, the number of sacks that, 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 that define a good season is, is not that high. You know, I think a 7-8 sack performance would be tremendous for for Josh. Uh, I think Jordan Wright, you look at Jordan Wright as your designated pass rusher and see where he – I'm interested to see where he lines up, uh, especially if, if J.J. Weaver's not full goal, ready to go early in the season and uh, recovering from that knee injury. Uh, but I think those two guys can get after the passer too. Uh, but the, I, I think overall, Tom, I think quarterback sacks – uh, are going to go down as far as uh, league wide because offenses now are, are are getting the football out of the quarterback's hands so much faster than ever before so i think the number of sacks will, will will not be as high as it has been in the past league wide but Kentucky certainly needs to increase that pass rush and then i think uh, Markon McCall will get that get that inside pass rush to get in the quarterback's face which will help Josh Jordan, right, and the edge rushers get more sacks.
0: During media days, Stoops talked about the possibility because of, of the depth they have uh, at safety that they could do some three-three-five looks where they'd get an, an extra uh, DB out there instead of the, the yeah. fourth guy along the linebacker line. And um, do you like the idea of that?
1: I do, and it, it's not a new concept. Kentucky's done that before. I mean, it, you know, it, it's really based on. Uh, the offense that they're facing. Kentucky's done that quite often. Uh, but yeah, I mean, your strength of the defense is in that, uh, safety nickel, uh, position group, uh, with Yusuf Corker, uh, Terrell Asian, Devontae Robinson. You got so many players that can play that safety nickel. Quandre Mosley, if he's not a corner. I mean, there's so many personnel options that, yeah, it, you know, you could run a lot of sub packages and Kentucky could do that very well and has done it before. It's nothing really new, but, but but could lean towards that, especially if J.J. Weaver is not full go. But I will say this. Who is the team that Kentucky uh, has not beaten during the Mark Stoops era? That would be Georgia. I thought Georgia's game plan in 2018 uh, was, was smart. What Georgia did was take Josh Allen out of the equation, put two tight ends in there, and said, hey, we're going to run the football. You know, take Josh, the, the pass Josh couldn't wreck, the Georgia game plan. What did Georgia do last year with a walk-on quarterback? Uh, brought in two tight ends, ran straight at Kentucky. When you do that, you're going to have to have two outside linebackers in there. So I don't think Kentucky is going to go completely away from their three-four look, but a three-three-five is just a variation where you bring in an extra uh, defensive back. And if you look Kentucky starters when they announced on the on the big board, they always announce a nickel player as a starter so i do think it is a sub package it is something that brad white can do but again if you're going to get over that hump to beat georgia you're going to have to deal with those tight ends so you're going to have to to meet big with big so that'd be something to keep your eyes on as well uh
0: let's go over to the offensive side and uh think a lot of people took from comments Coach Stoops made this week and the extent to which he talked about Luke Fortner at center, and maybe Fortner's going to have that uh, that job at the center position. Um, if that happens, uh, what's that mean for Luke in terms of adjustment?
1: Uh, well, you got to realize Luke Fortner is a super senior. He's, uh, what, 23, 23, 23 years old. He's played so much football. And just kick over. And he's, so, and he's incredibly smart. If you, if you look at Luke, he has an engineering degree. He's getting an MBA and a master's in engineering as well. So incredibly bright young man. Uh, what that does for Luke Fortner is, is put an extra zero in front of his paycheck next year. If he plays center, which he is going to play center because, uh, I think, uh, you know, his, his ability is he's an all NCC guard. And then you move him to center, then you got, uh, you got an experienced guy there in a new offense that can help the other linemen and help a first-year starting quarterback. Because you, as a first-year starting quarterback, you lean on that center quite a bit. So I think having an experienced player like Luke Fortner in the middle there makes sense. It's it's perfect for Luke. And, you know, thinking back, when I evaluated Luke coming from high school to college, uh, his comparison for me was, was John Toth. I thought they were the same player, same type of player coming out of high school. And it makes sense, and I think it's good for Luke to move to center. And it also frees up some spots, you know, uh, uh, to to play around with those guards a little bit and put some new players in there. Also, I think you could see uh, Jagger Burton in, in the rotation and, and getting uh, snaps his first year as, as a true freshman. So I think it's a good move for Kentucky. It's a smart move putting a veteran player like Fortner at center.
0: Talk with Freddie Maggard on the DrinkSword.com hotline on this Friday edition of the Leach Report. We'll get into the quarterback discussion when we come right back with the former Kentucky QB, Freddie Maggard, here on the Leach Report. Find out more about the voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. We're talking of football with Freddie Maggard on this Friday, and let's get to a little quarterback discussion, uh, Freddie. Yeah. It's, um, you've been in those rooms before. What's it going to be like, in the? and how quickly do you think Liam Cohen will be sure who his guy is? He may think he's got an idea now, but he'll need to see him in practice with uh, the live bullets flying, so to speak, to be sure. Yeah. Who, who, how long will that take?
1: Well, it could take, you know, most likely, uh, you know, the first fifteen days of practice or so is a uh, spring, spring or fall, I'm sorry, fall camp is you're working on yourself. You're, you're you're having competitions at different positions, and you work on yourself to identify you're, you're too deep to get ready to prepare for Louisiana Monroe. So I think it could it could get run deep in the camp. And what's the, you know, if you're Kentucky, what's the pressure in and naming and a quarterback? Because let's just be honest, you're, you're talking about Missouri here, seeing what you do because Louisiana Monroe is, is not very good. Kentucky's gonna, gonna win that game easily. So you're preparing for that Missouri game. So I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, uh, uh, surprised if we don't hear who the starter is till late, late in the process. And, you know, I know Will Levis, a lot of talk is about him coming from Penn State, but don't be surprised if Joey Gatewood, uh, ends up being the starting quarterback because he had a strong spring practice. Uh, he's athletic. He's, he's getting the, fo- the football downfield well. And I don't think we can evaluate Joey Gatewood based on the offensive system that was in place last year, I think. And we need to see what they do under Lynn Len Cohen system. But, you know, you're talking about the quarterbacks. Let's talk about the quarterback's best friend, which are the tight ends. And, and Keaton Upshaw came at the, the news broke about his injury. And, uh, you know, then, then it's Brandon Bates' time at Kentucky. I think uh, we're going to see – Uh, Brendan Bates have a big year at tight end. Justin Rigg there is an experienced player. And then don't forget about Jordan Dingle, the true freshman tight end from Bowling Green. Uh, you know, Vince Merrill does a fantastic, we all know what Vince Merrill does on the recruiting trail, but he's also an excellent developer of tight ends and a teacher of the game of football. So I think Brendan Bates could have a big year, but again, that quarterback competition, you got Bo Allen, you know, you know, people say, well, what about Bo Allen? You know, Bo Allen is a freshman. You know, I think nowadays we, we judge quarterbacks on the instant gains you got. But, but quarterbacks are slow cookers. It takes time for them to develop. So don't leave him out. Then we'll Levis, us. But, but Joey Gatewood, I, I think, had a fantastic spring, and I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying that's who I think is going to win the competition because it is a competition. But but I would not be surprised if he's not the starting quarterback.
0: you um been to the tight end spot, and uh, Bates yeah. – when Jeff and I got to see a couple of the early scrimmages last year, he was a player that that caught your eye. Uh, it looked like he was yeah. really ready to make a move, and then because of the depth at that position, you know, they uh, it was you know he was slowly wor- being worked into the mix, and then he I think he had his first catch, and he got hurt on that play against uh, Mississippi right. State, and he was done for the year. But I think he was probably going to have a. Uh, a really nice second half of last year. So uh, I'm with you. I think he's a guy to definitely keep an eye on to uh, make a significant move.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And and when when Kentucky was most effective last year, offensively in the passing game, it was involving the tight ends more. And and I think with Lee and Cohen's system and Vince Merrill there to develop those players, uh, I would look for the tight ends to be heavily involved and Brenda Bates is a player that maybe uh, is flying under the radar a little bit, but somebody's a uh, player to really keep your eyes on to see how, he, especially uh, with the number of targets he's going to get with Upshaw out of the lineup, uh, looks, appears to be early. I don't, I don't know the extent of his injury. So that's something. But but the the Cohen, the Rams offense, the tight ends are heavily involved, multiple tight end sets, and he's a player that I think that, that we could expect big things from in 2021.
0: We haven't seen Coach Cohen's offense in practice uh, or uh, play out in in game situations, but from what you've studied, what do you think are going to be some of the the bread and butter things that uh, Coach Cohen will lean on?
1: Well, I mean, you know, the outside zone that that everybody's talking about, that's definitely going to be a staple of that offense. But then, uh, then, you know, uh, Coach Cohen also knows that, that you play to your strength, and your strength is Chris Rodriguez. Uh, at running back and your strength, uh, you know those those tackles who are just, you know, I, I, Darrell Rosenthal is is a special player. He is a special talent. <clears throat> Darren Kennard is a first team you, unanimous All American. Is a special talent. Those guys are rare. They're unique. Their their talents are unique. And, and you know, you get that outside zone with those two guys. But I don't think Kentucky completely go away with their inside power plays that's been so successful, that has been, uh, you know, led the SEC in rushing in 2019, top three, 2020. I don't think you completely go away from that, but play-action passes, I think, is going to be something that that, that Kentucky could excel with because a couple of things. You have Josh Ali, Wondell Robinson. Uh, you know, Josh comes back. Don't, don't sleep on Josh Ali, too. I think he, he is ready for a big year. Then, then Wondell is special, and him operate in, in, in that play-action pass, but the Kentucky will establish a running game behind that excellent offensive line. Cole Kublick raced at the, the top offensive line in the Southeastern Conference. And, and what that does is you, you get Rodriguez, Rodriguez, Kavacier Smoke, uh, Jaton McLean. You get those guys rolling in the passing game. All of a sudden, you could hit those uh, play-action passes, and defenses won't be able to stack the box. The key for Kentucky offensively is not going to be there. You're not going to see the air raid. You're not going to see that. You're going to see a run game, play action pass, drop backs, and Kentucky wants to achieve balance in its offense. By achieving balance, you unload the box and you open that up for your run game. So run first, play action pass, drop back. Achieving balance is something that Len Coleman tried to get and it's something Kentucky didn't have last year.
0: We know of examples of players when you've done the recruiting shows and the evaluation shows for uk network josh allen is, yeah. is the one that kind of leaps to mind as the the best example somebody that you raved about and uh were proven correct uh, as it played out in yeah. kentucky what about a player if one comes to mind or two that most that you evaluated in a in a way that later on what they did actually surprised you that they did more than you expected anybody that comes to mind
1: Wow, a bunch, Tom. To be honest with you, because for every Josh Allen that that you know yeah, an evaluator hits on, you're going to miss on fifty.
0: You and, don't miss that many.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, that's a great question. I'm not so sure uh, that that I could actually identify one like that. Um,
0: yeah, I didn't know if there was you know, maybe but, just one guy that came to mind
1: because uh, you know that sometimes totally guys missed on. The, the... Yeah, no, I mean, there's not one that comes to mind. You know, there's a few. You know, I think Chauncey Magwood is a player out of, out of Georgia. I think I, I was extremely high on him. I want to see see what he can do. Uh, I was impressed by him. Because I, I like players that, that play offense, defense, special teams. Don't come off the field, and he was that at Lee County High School in Georgia. I and mean, he, he's one that was under the radar. I'm excited to see him. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, that, that's tough because. You know, you evaluate these guys. And first of all, if you're evaluated, you're offered a scholarship by Kentucky, Vince Merrill, the recruiting coordinator, Mark Stoops. You can play the game of football. So there's not been that many that that totally shocked me.
0: Uh, You know, I wonder if you see this. It it feels like more guys are maybe playing more sports now coming up to the college level and not as much of an emphasis on specialization. But maybe I'm wrong on that. I know it's a big thing for you that you like to see multi-sport athletes.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I like, to, you know, my, my, my thing is, is play them all. Uh, you know, just, just play them all. Let, let, the recruiters sort it out. I know, I know college coaches love to see, you know, their prospects on the basketball court or on the track. Uh, you know, I like to see that. Uh, you know, a player also, Tom, we talked about Brendan Bates and, and Chauncey Magwood is a freshman. Don't know how much, how many reps he'll get in a game. Uh, uh, but Donut Drennan is a player that, that I'm looking forward to seeing play. In 2020, and we saw we saw glimpses of him, uh, but I think you know a player like Drennen is perfect for this the Cohen system, and, and, and I think that he'll uh, I think that he'll he he, he could flourish in, in this offense. So, uh, but yeah, I love to see multi sports athletes. I mean, it to me it, for me personally. You know, I can't speak for anything else anybody else, but you know, having a key third and nine in a pass play. I was better at that pressure situation because I shot pressure. I shot uh, uh, free throws at the end of a basketball game, or I was uh, a a full count as a pitcher and had to throw a strike to get the batter out in the bottom of the seventh. You know, all those all those sports combined made me a better competitor at at football, and I like seeing that for players these days.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you on that one, Freddie. Thanks, as uh, always, fun talking football, and we'll be doing more of this soon. Thank you. Have a good weekend.
1: Okay. Thanks, Tom. See you, buddy.
0: We'll wrap up this edition of the Leach Report in just a minute. Wildcat birthday today, Jules Kamara. Happy birthday to Jules, our good friend Shannon Spake, celebrating a birthday today. And tomorrow is the birthday of U.K. basketball legend Cotton Nash. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report.